Welcome to Shelf Logic, the official podcast of the Maricopa County Library District. Hi, everybody. My name is Miss Caroline. And I'm Mr. Travis. And today we are going to be doing a book talk with our favorite youth picks right now. So if you are a kid and you love chapter books, these are some of our recommendations for our favorite books. And while we're recording this program, we're also recording a podcast. So if you've never checked out our Shelf Logic podcast, be sure to jump on to Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify Podcasts and listen to Shelf Logic. So you can watch here or listen here. Listen here. Awesome. And we're going to try not to be like, oh, and look at this cool picture for the podcast. <laughs> podcast but it's probably going to happen. So Yeah, yeah, we may, <laughs> we may goof at some point. So we apologize if you're watching the podcast and you can't see us. But yeah. it is also available on MCLE now. So... A great pick either way. Check it out. And I would say, too, like, okay, because Miss Caroline and I are, are adults. I would say adults, if you're listening in or watching this, I would say totally read some of these books. Oh, I'm, would you yeah. Think so? yeah. I'm a huge juvenile fiction reader. I, I'll basically read anything. Yeah. But I just think that there are really great juve books out there. And there are a lot of really great books that authors are writing with kids in mind, but that grownups can read and relate to and really appreciate, too. Yeah. And I like that. For sure. Cool. All so, right. well, let's crack into them. Do you want to go first? You go for it. Go okay, for all it. right. I'll take it. So, my first pick is called Apple Blossom the Possum, and it's by Holly Goldberg Sloan. And it is this super cute book about this little possum named Apple Blossom. <laughs> I love it. And Apple Blossom is young. She's a kid, and she's trying to understand family. And this is real. This is a fact. Possums are not like a tribe-based animal. So like once they wander away from their family, they just wander away what? and that's it. Yeah, okay. they don't they don't have any like familial tie to their mother and father. They just when it's time they wander away, they never see their family again. Wow. Apple Blossom hates that. She's not a fan of that at all. So she does her best to keep her family together, but circumstance changes things and makes it hard for her to stay with her family and to keep her family together. And so there's a little bit of like trial and tribulation. But at the end, Apple Blossom realizes the importance of family and her own strength in being on her own. So it's super cute. It's really a great book. I love it. I thought that it was really sweet. I think, yes, there are. Our podcast viewers, this is where it's going to get tough. <laughs> there are pictures, and they're just so Look darling. Look at that. Look at Apple Blossom. <laughs> so cute. They're such cute pictures. So I really love this one. I think that this is one of my favorite kids' books. That sounds amazing. Also, podcast listeners, the front cover is Apple Blossom, like, doing the sweetest wave of all time. <laughs> it's, like, the cutest thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, if I haven't already, I'm a big animal lover, so if I hadn't already wanted a possum, I read that book and was like, well, now I definitely need a possum as a pet. I don't care if it will, like, bite my face. I want a possum. I love them. Apple Blossom wouldn't. Apple Blossom would never. You wouldn't do it, Apple no, Blossom. No, she would never. Uh, okay, so my first choice is, I don't know if it's technically a kid's book, I but I, appreciate I, I read it as a kid and I loved it at the time, uh, but, and also this book was just checked out today. Actually, several <laughs> of these books were just checked out today, so I just have a picture, um, but The Hobbit by J.R.R. Tolkien, yes. classic. Uh, yeah, okay, so I mean, I mean, I'm pretty sure everybody is pretty familiar with this story, but uh, Bilbo Baggins has, oh, I should know this. How many dwarves come? 13? Oh, no. I don't know. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, this no, we're bad. terrible. Okay. 12 or 13. Yeah. Let's, something like a that. Menagerie. A menagerie. A menagerie of dwarves come. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and also Gandalf a wizard. 
Um, and they basically are going to get the familial treasure back for Thorn Oakenshield, which is, I guess it's been stolen by Smaug the dragon. Yeah, stolen. Stolen or... It's weird because how does a dragon... But yeah, I guess stolen would be the best right? way to say it, yeah. Or like he accumulated in accumulated, some way. Yeah. <laughs> That's a nice way. He came to have this treasure. <laughs> Smaug. So they go on this like big adventure to... You know, go get the like the treasure back, basically, and all this stuff happens. Um, if you've seen the movies, it's relatively similar, except the movie yeah. stretched it out like by like another eight hours. <laughs> like they put all this random stuff. In and when it. you see the book, you're honestly you could you would be surprised that they could stretch it out more than than it already is. But they do. Right. They do yeah. manage to do that. Yeah. Because they use a lot of like the appendices and the Lord of the Rings and. Yeah, a lot, a lot more of subplots. the like outer lore. Yeah, it's like it's a lot like Star Wars. Yeah, you know, if you have an appreciation for like the lore in Star Wars and the lore in Harry Potter and things like that, they really go into the yeah, lore big time. It's cool, uh, but I would recommend the movies too. I mean, the Lord of the Rings movies I think are fantastic. Yeah, but the the Hobbit book. If you haven't read it, uh, adults as well. I mean, for sure check it out. I think it's so fun, and uh, if you are a wizard fan like I am. Uh, Gandalf does some pretty amazing magic yep. in that. I'm just going to throw it out. I think he grows. Like, I don't think this happens in the movies. I need to read the book again. Like, because I think he grows, like, to a giant. He's like, yeah. it's a huge battle. He's, like, destroying things. That's always one of those, <laughs> like, when you see characters from other franchises pitted against each other, when people pit Gandalf and Dumbledore, I'm just like, mm. I'm going to take a step back. <laughs> <laughs> because they're both wonderful, but I don't know Gandalf. Gandalf, he's pretty great. When he's when he's on his own. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. There is a scene in the movie where Gandalf is kind of taken out of this big wizard battle by Radagast, who was another wizard. Um, yeah. So that's kind of a strike against Gandalf. But I love Gandalf. So you know, we all have our weaknesses. That's true. That's it's true. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> love that. So my next book is about uh, a young girl named Jude. It's called Other Words from Home, and it's a novel in verse. My next three are actually novels in verse. So if you've never heard of a novel in verse before, it's kind of like a poem, but it tells a story from beginning to end, all cohesive, very similar to the way a traditional book would. So I love novels in verse. I think they're fun. And if you're someone who likes to read quick, these are really quick reads. Other Words from Home is about a girl named Jude who is a Syrian refugee who moves to the United States, Cincinnati more specifically, to live with her family. And she has to very quickly adapt to life in a new country with a new language and new customs and culture and people. And it's got a lot of the feelings that you might have as a kid experiencing just new stuff, confusing stuff, scary stuff. But with this kind of added element of not knowing where you are, where you're you know, where your family is, not knowing if your family's okay. Some of her family has to stay behind in Syria. And it's just a really, really great book. And adults, if you want to teach your kids about Syria and Syrian refugees and the struggle of being a refugee and coming to this country, this is a really, really great book to do that. I really liked this book. And it is by Jasmine Warga. Awesome. I've heard so many good things about that book. It's so good. Oh, wow. It was really touching. I, I really liked it. Uh, yeah, very good. Okay, my next book, getting into some, uh, keeping with the fantasy, but a new fantasy. I think it was 2020. I think it just came out. Yeah, awesome. Uh, Ikenga by Nettie Okorafor, who, um, adults, if you read um, any fantasy at all, she has several amazing 
uh, fantasy series. The one that I've read is Binti. It's like a hmm. series of novellas. Super amazing. I think there's another one called like Akata Witch or something. I've heard of those, but I haven't read those. Okay. Uh, but amazing. Very, very cool. Um, she writes a lot of like Afrofuturist kind of fantasy, which is super cool. That's on the Pop Sugar Reading Challenge. So yes. if you guys like this podcast, keep an eye out for that. Be on the lookout. Mm-hmm. Coming soon. Um, yeah, but it's super cool. Um, this book, I like it for a lot of reasons. Oh, there it is on the back. I caught a witch. Awesome. Cool. Uh, anyways, so uh, this book is um, set in Nigeria. And there's a kid named uh, Namdi, and it's kind of like a hard-hitting book. It's, like, really intense. In the first chapter, spoiler alert, his, like, dad is, like, the chief of police, uh, and he, like, gets murdered, like, in a pretty brutal way. So the first chapter is actually, like, at his funeral, and all of these characters that come into play later, um, several of which are, like, potential, like, suspects in, like, the murder, because you don't know who murdered his dad. Um, are there and it's like really really hard hitting like for the first chapter I was like immediately hooked yeah. and like oh my gosh this is so brutal and that sad yeah so like it's amazing in many ways but it really deals with like the internal struggle of like being like I think he's 10 years old and dealing with like that emotional upheaval oh, yeah. and like you know what do you do with your life after that and so I think it's you know it goes to like a year later um, where uh, Namdi meets his dad's spirit, I think, oh, cool. who gives him kind of like a talisman called the Ikenga, which like makes him basically a superhero. Who's oh. called the man? So he's like, he like grows. He has super strength, like super hearing, like super cool. And so basically, he tries to like piece together like what happened. You know, who who, who murdered his dad? And wow. you know, he's like really wants to save his community and. I mean, it's just a super, super cool book, and I really like it, too, because fantasy tends to be very a very homogenized mm-hmm. genre, so it's really awesome to have a lot more diverse voices writing in fantasy. Yeah, yeah, that is really cool, and especially something that's not very lighthearted. Right. I tend to be a little bit more of a, like a heavy topics reader, and so I don't get super into fantasy because sometimes it's just very, like, very light and very gentle right. and yep. that's great for some people but i am like a hard-hitting like true crime sad <laughs> stuff like so i i'm happy to see some of the heavier topics coming into fantasy for too. sure yeah i think i think you'd love that one then because it's good. like really really hard-hitting but also you know, it's fun and superhero as well yeah so definitely check that one out sounds super good so my next one is another novel in verse And it's about a young girl named Faith and her brother Peter, who every fall look forward to applesauce weather. And it's called Applesauce Weather by Helen Frost. Um, So they look forward to applesauce weather every year. Um, If you have ever been back east or if you're from back east, there is absolutely a specific time for apples (laughs) and for making applesauce. And when it starts to get cool and you just feel like fall in the air, that's the perfect time for applesauce. So this is just a really sweet book about a tradition that these kids look forward to every year that has to change a little bit this year. And Faith can't exactly put her finger on why it's changing or what's different or if something's wrong or if it's just different, she's not used to it. And it's it's very sweet. It's, it's a very touching book. And it just, it really speaks to like the kind of upheaval of 
traditions changing and being able to adapt to that and being able to accept that sometimes things change, but it doesn't mean that they're bad. Interesting. Yeah. That's, that's a pretty, Another pretty, pretty heavy, on topic oh, too. Pretty, yes. Yeah. Very <laughs> on topic. Yeah. Especially this year, if you want to talk to your kids about change and changing traditions and just changing what feels normal. This was a really, really sweet book. I liked this one a lot. That sounds good. Uh, Caroline and I are both from the East Coast. Did you go like apple picking? Like, oh my gosh. You... Yeah, me too. Yep, <laughs> yep. And we would always, there was always a bag of apples that were set aside for like lunches and snacks and just, you know, generally eating. And then there was the applesauce bag. Yeah. And you yeah. did not touch that bag. So <laughs> if you touched that bag and my mom caught you eating an applesauce apple, that was like, that was one less apple you got in the sauce. Yeah. And you need every apple for that. You need it for the sauce. Mm-hmm. You need it for the sauce. Oh my gosh. I can, and that was like another great thing about reading this book was I like related so much to that kind of excitement and that feeling. And like, I feel like smell applesauce when I was reading it. I was like, oh, this reminds me of like wet fall crunchy leaves back home and cinnamon. Uh, and, oh my gosh. It was such a sweet book. It was very, felt very nostalgic. That sounds amazing. That makes me like miss, miss all of that really bad. Especially. <laughs> While we're filming this, the East Coast just got hit with a giant snowstorm. And uh, obviously, if you live here, uh, there is no snow. (laughs) And there probably will not be snow this year because, I mean, 2020, you never know. It could snow. But it's very unlikely. So (laughs) to see my hometown getting slammed with snow, I'm kind of like, oh, like Christmas would be cool. Uh, But yes, this book had a lot of those feelings. Nostalgia. (laughs) Yes. Uh, okay, so another book uh, that hits very hard hitting, I thought, and uh, may have made me cry, uh, maybe, <laughs> uh, is The R- Miraculous Journey of Edward Tulane by the uh, incredible author. Everything I've read by her, I've loved, Kate DiCamillo. Yes. Uh, I think she won the Newbery Award yeah. for, I guess, Despero. Yeah, yeah. Tell Despero, which is also an incredible book. Yeah, another really good one. Uh, but okay, uh, The Miraculous Journey of Edward Tulane basically tells the story of a toy rabbit who, like, his life is, like, set. He has, like, you know, the person that plays with him all the time and he's so happy and he's like, oh, I'm the best toy there is. And then like unfortunate events happen and he ends up going through like kind of, I don't, I don't want to say a terrible life, but he has yeah. a lot of very challenging things happen yeah. to him. Um, one, The one that really stuck out to me is he ends up like on the bottom of the ocean for like an, oh. like an industry, like I don't know how long, do you, it was, they don't. Yeah, I don't think they really say how long he's on the bottom of the ocean. But it seemed like forever, yeah, like, a long, like a long time. Yeah. And then like it's like it's pretty sad. It like it's pretty... incredibly emotional. Like I've read Amazon reviews of this book, and they're like loved it, uh, but it was very sad and made yeah. me cry. So yeah. if you're looking for that, uh, but it, it it's a very heartwarming story. It's kind of like a bittersweet. You know, there's challenging aspects as in life, but they're yeah. also like really like really high highs as well. So. You know, he goes through all of these different things. I think a fisherman gets him at one point. Mm-hmm. He's, like, in Memphis at one point. Like He lives a life. He does. He lives a life. It is a miraculous journey mm-hmm. uh, of Edward Tulane. But uh, it, it, it does end pretty well. Uh, yeah. I think it kind of comes a little bit full circle. But, you know, it's actually a pretty short book as well. So I think you could, like, read it to your kids as well, yeah. chapter by chapter, or, you know, adults... I read this when I was probably 30, and it made me cry. It was very emotional, so, hey, go for it. Yeah, if you've read Because of Winn-Dixie or Despero, oh, yeah. you'll, you'll know exactly what we're talking about with Kate DiCamillo, is that she'll, like, the lows really punch you, and you hurt really bad, and oh, then yeah. the highs are, like, really, like, you're just, 
you're crying again right. because you're just Ecstatic. so happy. Right. Yeah, yeah, like a real triumph for the characters. Yeah. It's, whew, yeah, it gets you. It gets you every time. <laughs> yeah. So thanks, Katie Camilla. Katie Camilla. Thanks for the tears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, my next one, this one actually, this one choked me up a little bit too. This one's called The Last Fifth Grade of Emerson Elementary, and it's by Laura Chauvin. And it's this really sweet novel in verse. It's it's two things that I love, but can be can be tricky. It's a novel in verse, and it's also a multiple point of view book. Yeah. So it covers like the story of these 18 kids who are supposed to be the last fifth grade class of this elementary school, which is slated to close. And multiple point of view books can be uh, sometimes a little hairy. Mm. Sometimes they just don't blend well together or you kind of lose a couple of the characters because you're just, you know, there's so many voices. You're like, I don't even remember who this person is, but this book did a really, really great job of blending all the voices together and helping them interact. And it's just a really, really sweet book about these 18 kids who all have different feelings about their school closing. Um, when I was in 10th grade, my school closed. And so when I saw this book, I was like, Oh, I really want to read this, but I know this is going to hurt me. (laughs) And it did because it really, it captured all the feelings of just, you know, being afraid of the unknown, but being kind of optimistic and looking forward to the future and saying like, well, you know, maybe I didn't accomplish this at my school. Maybe like I wasn't the cool kid at this school, but like I can get confident over the summer and change who I am. And then in sixth grade for these kids, but dorky 10th grade Caroline got into 11th grade and was like, I can be confident. And I still wasn't cool, but that's okay. You don't have to be cool being uncool is super actually really cool and becomes cool i think becomes Uh, cool yes i know many many of friends who were not the cool kids and now are cool adults so kids don't worry that day will come for you and it's just a really sweet book about these kids and their feelings about the school closing and some of them want to try to save the school and some of these kids like these kids we're talking about who want to kind of change their reputation and move on to other places and just be someone different don't really want to save the school because they want this opportunity to move on and be a different person and kind of reinvent themselves. So it's, it's really a pretty mature book for a fifth, like what's supposed to be fifth grade voices. Like a lot of those feelings are feelings that we don't often think that kids have, but that's all stuff that's running through their brains. It was a really, really cool book. And I will not spoil whether or not they saved the school because I think that that, I mean, it's obviously like the biggest part of the book is whether or not they can appeal to the school board and save the school. So very, very cute. I really liked this book. And yes, it made me a little sentimental for when my school closed. <laughs> That's That sounds incredible, actually. Like Such thinking, just hearing you describe it, I'm like thinking back on my time in school. And it's like, what a tumultuous time, really. Yeah, like, yeah. I think we, I mean, especially right now, school's tumultuous for so many reasons. But I think we forget as adults that like, you know, sometimes we brush off these little issues like, oh, you don't think you're cool? Like, big, big deal. Like, right. I wasn't cool either, and I survived. Right. But it's, as a kid, oh, my gosh. Like, what a crushing blow to see, like, cool kids. We're going to say that in air quotes because, right. again, you get to be a cool adult someday. And yeah, I just, yeah, like, a lot of those feelings you forget you had as a kid come up when you read Jew fiction. And you're just like, yeah, I remember. Yeah. I remember feeling like the weird kid. Yeah, for sure. Oh, gosh, that sounds amazing really good uh okay so next let's see what should i do all right i'm gonna do a classic carolyn probably knew i was gonna pick this one because i'm obsessed uh winnie the pooh 
by A.A. Mill. So I am, um, uh, uh, let's say, a big fan of Winnie the Pooh. I yep. uh, kind of grew up on the cartoons, but I'd never read the book until a couple years ago. And I was like, well, it's a book series first. Okay. It's, 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 it's incredible. It's so good. The drawings are incredible. Mm -hmm. uh, you know what I think got me on this, actually, is like, like the new Christopher Robin movie oh, and that, that book Finding Winnie, I think. Yeah. Which won, like, I think that was like a Talcott Award winner. Yeah, yeah. And that uh, was a really good movie. It was so good. Reignited my love for Pooh. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it, it, I'm sure everybody's pretty familiar with Winnie the Pooh. It's basically, uh, there's Christopher Robin and then there's this collection of, some of them are stuffed animals. I mean, Pooh stuffed. Yeah, I think they're all stuffed. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. I guess Pooh's seams always are just like and you were too. But yeah, they live in the hundred acre wood and they have all types of adventures and it, it kinda reminds me a lot of like uh, Lewis Carroll, I think. There's a lot of like yeah. word play and interesting stuff like that kinda. Yeah. Yeah, as an adult I see like Wayne the Pooh memes get shared all the time where like Pooh says something really deep and you're just like Ooh. Who's there? <laughs> but he does. He gets yeah, it. Very philosophical. I know, because they can get like, because I'm not sure in this one, but in certain of the books, I know like they're dealing with like Christopher Robin like growing up, mm -hmm. and he's like got to move away, kind of, and like go, and it's like, but Pooh's like, don't you want to play? Like, it's like, oh, that's one of my favorite Pooh memes where they're like, Christopher Robin's trying to tell him something important, and he says, can it wait? Can it wait? <laughs> yeah. Christopher Robin says, like, how long do you want to wait? Forever. Forever. Like, okay. <laughs> uh, if you just need, like, just like a, 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 like a dose of feel-good, amazing fun, for sure check out Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. I think it would be great to, like, read as a family, too. Like, they're pretty short. It's basically a collection of short stories, um, it seems like. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, check it out. Read it. So read good. it again, like, a hundred times. They're so sweet. <laughs> they're so sweet. Yeah, and... Like you said, the cartoons were awesome, like so good when we were yeah. kids. And if you like the cartoons, a lot of those little kind of, you know, 15-minute short episodes are in the books. Right, like so. the blustery day, mm -hmm. the one where they're throwing the stick and like watching it go underneath the yeah. bridge. That's favorite I love it. Yeah, so when you, like when they open the book at the beginning of an episode of was it The Many Avengers of Winnie the Pooh? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when they open the book at the beginning of that show, it's, I mean, it's pretty it's like much right book. off the page. Yeah, yeah right, so it's right. really cool. Oh, I love those. Oh, so good. Well, this is a series that I, oh my gosh, like gushed over as a kid. These are the Dear America books. And if you have kids that love historical fiction, especially girls for Dear America, but there's also a um, boy diary version called My Name is America. Oh my gosh, these are so, so good. And they're usually written by like some of the biggest names in juvenile historical fiction. So like Lois Lowry has written a couple. Oh, wow. um, Catherine Lasky has written a few. I think this one is by, let's see. This is not one of those big names, but. Oh, Ellen Emerson White. So this one that I have today is um, Dear America, The Diary of Margaret Ann Brady. And it's called Voyage on the Great Titanic. And so every Dear America book takes you through like a big moment in history. Um, so this one's the Titanic, the sinking of the Titanic, but there's also like Revolutionary War ones, Civil War ones. And so it's really cool because they're epistolary, which is uh, letter style. And so they're all just these little journal entries. 
And so you really like get a feel for how it was to be a kid during those times. They're usually oh, like pre-teens to teens, like 10, 11, 12, 13-ish. And so it's really interesting just to hear like from the perspective of someone who's done the research and written these little journal entries, like how it was to be a kid during these really weird times sometimes. Um, so if your kid's like I Survived, these are a really great series to check out. Um, the Voyage on the Great Titanic specifically is about a girl named Margaret who kind of gets adopted by this benefactor to go um, on the Titanic from London to America to live in America. And obviously, if you know the story of the Titanic, you know that it doesn't quite go how they think it's going to go. So it's a really, really interesting book um, to just kind of read about how it was to be a passenger on the Titanic. This benefactor that she has is a a wealthier woman. So, you know, if you like the movie Titanic and you've, you know, you've seen how like the other side, I guess maybe the other side lives on the (laughs) Titanic, then this is a really cool book to see. And like I said, especially from the perspective of a kid having to make this like pretty epic journey. It doesn't take, you know, like a day on a plane like it does now. It was days and days on the boat. So oh, very cool. I love fascinating. Oh, I, I was obsessed with the Titanic in the movie like when oh it came gosh. out. So I would have loved that as a kid. Yes, this is such a good book. <laughs> I love this one. Uh, okay, one that I just read slash might still be reading a little, okay. but close. Um, classic, this is a winner of a Newbery Medal, uh, The Westing Game by Ellen Raskin. Uh, have you read this one before? I actually haven't read The Westing Game. Me I need to. It's like, it was, so the Pop Sugar Challenge has, I think, something like a book that's been on your to-be-read list mm-hmm. for a long time. I've had this book on there for forever. Uh, but just never read it for whatever reason. Oh, you read it in 2020. Uh, and read it. Oh, maybe I'll just like leave a page. I'm going to leave a page <laughs> and finish in 2021. Technically. Although yeah, that, that would, would be probably the page where you find out the, the, the answer. The big ending. The big yeah. ending. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, so basically this book is about um, a, a multimillionaire, super successful business person. Uh, I think uh, Sam Westing, I believe. Um, passes away under strange circumstances and leaves. Um, his will basically creates the Westing game. And Ooh. so there's this group of people that move into um, this like apartment complex, basically, like a huge apartment building. Um, 16 people live there. And it's like that building faces like Sam Westing's house. Oh. And all of those people are his heirs. And they're paired up into groups of two. Okay. And they have to basically solve, like, who murdered Sam Westing. They're each given certain clues. They're given, like, $10,000 for, like, to feed, like, I'm not sure exactly why, to keep them playing the game, I think. So it's, like... It reminds me, honestly, of, like, Knives Out, in a way. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> it sounds like Knives Out or Ready Player One. Yes, 100%. Like, it's basically just, like, a murder mystery, but, like, in a kid's book. That's cool. Um, and it's very, very... Uh, adults, I think you'd love it as well. Like, it's... It, there's a lot of characters. Like, you were talking about that one book, the the, um, the school book, where yeah, there's so yeah. many different uh, characters and... This book is uh, it's third person, I think, but there's so many characters, and I think Ellen Raskin does an incredible job of keeping them separate. Nice. Because it's a pretty short book, and it's like, okay, you have all these people. You have to learn their names right. and their affiliations and what they do. And 
I'm wondering if it's not going to be – well, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. But it, my guess is, like, everybody has a part to play in it somehow. Yeah, like everybody's going to have to come together. And yeah. It reminds me of, um, without the murder, Mr. Lemoncello's Escape from oh, Mr. Lemoncello's yes! Library. Oh, I love that book Everyone so thinks much. that they have to accomplish things on their own, but then really the true, like, accomplishment is coming together and figuring things out together. 100%. That's mm. what I think is going to happen. But uh, we'll see. And readers, you should too. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> uh, definitely check that one out. Nice. That's yeah. That's one that's always been on my list. I think I owned it as a kid. It was yeah. one of those that I got at like a Scholastic book fair, but just never. I don't think I ever read it. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta. I gotta catch up with that one. <laughs> this one uh, is such a weird, fun book. Like, <laughs> I almost chose this one as well. Oh my gosh! When I read this, I was like, "This is really a kids book. This is a. It's it's bizarre, but it's amazing. <laughs> uh, it's called Doll Bones by Holly Black, and it, it is a Newbery Honor book. So. Very highly accoladed in the book community. Um, it's about these three kids, Poppy, Zach, and Alice, who find this old doll in an attic, and just like an old China doll, and they go on this kind of quest to like find where this doll belongs. And they like open her up at one point, and there's bones in her yeah. ashes. <laughs> that that was the part where I was like, "What? That was what? Freaky. What?" Yeah. Um, and so Poppy has all these little dreams and visions about the doll, and that kind of guides their quest to get her back to where she belongs. And it's a it's a really good book. It's really creepy, and if your kids are into horror or like you know spooky kind of goosebumps stuff, this is definitely for sure. This is one of them. Yeah, it's it's very strange. And you don't know like is the doll actually because the doll and think speaks to two of the kids like yeah. through dreams. Poppy, yeah. Poppy Talks and to Poppy Zach, and the, yeah. Maybe. And, and there, there is yeah there is a point where you're kind of like, are they actually dreaming about the doll or is does she just happen to be like spending a lot of time with this doll and so she's ha- she just happens to be dreaming All and right. so yeah they they reach a point in their adventure where it's kind of like we're not getting anywhere. Are you really dreaming of this doll or are you just like playing with us? And you kind of, even you, like, as the reader, you're like, oh, my gosh, is she? <laughs> oh, and that's, that's the big thing, too, is that Zach and Alice kind of have this little crush on each other. And so their friendship's kind of getting into tension. And and Poppy, throughout the book, is trying to pull them back together and keep them friends and keep their friend group together. And right. there's the stress of, like, the friend group breaking up. And so when they get to that point where they're like, Poppy, are you messing with us? Yeah. It's kind of like, yeah, I mean, it's possible that she was because... She wants to keep their friend group together, and this this takes them on an adventure. But you have to find out if yeah. that's if that is what it is, or if it's not quite what it seems. I I love this book. Yeah. I think this is a like I said, a really great book if your kids like mysteries or spooky books. This was definitely one that I was like, that's creepy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's creepy. Right. Yeah, for sure. But I loved it. I thought it was really really fun. Yeah, that's such a good, a good choice. Yes. Um, Keeping with the theme of like kind of spooky books. Uh, this is another book from the Juve spooky section. Uh, Scary Stories for Young Foxes I want to read this so by uh, Christian McKay Heidegger. Okay, I have talked with Caroline about this on multiple occasions because I read the first chapter of this book like at night by myself and I was legitimately freaked out. I had to come and talk to Caroline. I was like, Caroline, I'm really freaked out by this book. Um it's it, it's actually kind of an amazing achievement. Uh, it was written this year. I think it's an honor book, maybe, a Newbery Honor Award, but maybe. I'll have to look and see. Don't quote me on that. But yeah, okay, so basically it is what the book says. It's scary stories for young foxes. So there's this family of uh, foxes, 
and they I think they run away one night to like this other fox who's like a storyteller kind of and so this fox is essentially relaying to them like like they want to be scared so he's like all right I'll tell you some scary stories the first story is one of the most horrifying things I've ever read (laughs) I watch a lot of horror movies and read a lot of horror fiction this book freaked me out. I'm selling it well. Parents are like, I'm never going to let <laughs> my kids read this. But if they like Goosebumps or Doll Bones or anything like that, for sure check it out. Um, it's amazing. There's really cool art in there. And what you think originally is like a collection of short stories is actually kind of like an overarching narrative that's just oh. like there's two main characters you, you kind of come to discover, and their stories kind of intertwine, like, in a really, really, really cool way. That's cool. It's so cool. Uh, cannot recommend this highly enough. Um, check it out if you want to be freaked out. Yeah, when you were telling me about it, it kind of reminded me of the scary stories to tell in the dark. Oh, 100%, yes. So, like, I loved those as a Me kid. too, Even true. though, like, yeah, I would absolutely go to bed and have a nightmare. <laughs> they're horrifying. Pertained. Yeah, they were yeah. horrifying. And it, it was always... A bad dream that related back to the story I had just read, and I was like, that, that tracks, <laughs> that, that tracks. checks out. <laughs> oh, that's fun, though. Oh, that sounds really good. Yeah, it's so good. Oh, my last one is such a good book. Um, it's called Duke, and it's by Kirby Larson. It's about Duke the dog, this German shepherd, who um, is the dog of a boy named Hobie. And this is right at the beginning of the United States entering World War II. And Duke and Hobie are best friends. They do everything together. Duke like greets Hobie when he gets home from school. They're like they're buddies. And one day an army officer comes to their house and asks Hobie if he would be willing to basically give up Duke to the army to help fight World War II. Oh wow. Um, and his dad is overseas fighting in Europe, so he already kind of has a tie to the military. And so he has to make this really big decision about whether or not he can give up his dog who is his absolute best friend to help a like a greater cause um and that's that's only like the first part of the book is whether or not he decides to send duke away and then in thinking about if he should send duke away he thinks about how scary it is to have his dad overseas and like whether or not his dad will come back and to then think about like if his dad doesn't come back and duke doesn't come back who does he have? Oh my gosh, that's heavy. It is wow. heavy. Oh, we went real heavy with some of these. <laughs> but it's so it's so sweet. And it really speaks to like the strength and like the courage of kids. I think we underestimate how much kids are willing to like give up in order for the greater cause or the greater good. And they really, I think they do really understand that sentiment of like there being a greater good and something bigger than themselves and this was such a sweet book, and it's it's really heartwarming when you think about like how courageous kids can be, and then it's also heartbreaking when you think about like some of the stresses kids take on, and like all the weight that they put on their own shoulders, and weight that you know just pressure to do the right thing sometimes, even though you know it can sometimes feel good to be a little selfish, yeah. especially when it's your dog. Yeah, but this is such a good book. Dude. I really love this one. Oh, that, I've seen that so many times. I love it. And Duke looks so awesome on the front. He's Duke looks like the best dog ever. Yes. Yeah, Dude. it's a really, really great book. And there's an awesome picture on the back of the cover of who the book is based on. So like the real Duke and the real Hobie. Oh, what? Yeah. Oh. Isn't that cool? Look at that. Oh, so that's a true story. Okay. It is. Yeah. And this is... It, like, you know, with a lot of historical fiction, this is based on something that really did have to be done in World War II. They 
they needed dogs who could sniff out landmines and sniff out bombs and make sure that like soldiers could go into an area before you know before they accidentally stepped in a landmine or on a bomb and so they they really did recruit military families dogs in order to go overseas and help out and be a huge part of the war effort so that's part of the reason why i love historical fiction because it's all based on things that have actually happened yeah, oh, that sounds so good. Such a good book. All right, so my last choice is called Book Uncle and Me. It's so weird. Like our the way that we've like we we didn't structure this like we just like we're gonna talk about these books, like but this. they're kind of like all fitting together kind of well. Oh. Uh, so Book Uncle and Me by Uma Krishnaswamy. Um, really, okay. It's a book about um, her name is Yasmin. It's set in India, and she wants to read a book a day for the rest of her life. Ooh. Which I'm like, that's like, what kind of books are you got to read to do? Like, all picture books? If you're reading chapter books, and I think she does read chapter books, wow. too. It's like, whoa, okay, you were, you're doing very well. Time. I'm trying to know. Um, but so she gets a lot of books from, essentially, like, uh, his name is Book Uncle, or she calls him Book Uncle, and it's like, kind of like a lending library. It's like a big part of the community. Uh, but then there, like, some things happen um, with politics and the government uh, this local government at the time, and so they have to shut Book Uncle down. Oh. So it's a really, really, really fascinating book about like like activism and about kids like getting involved in like local government and in their community to like make like a change. It's so like it feels so good. Like it's it's such a cool thing. So basically, she um, yeah, like rallies her friends and like the local community and like finds like. Um, somebody who's running for office and is like, okay, I want you to really support this, like, libraries. I want you to support libraries. Oh, I love that. So, essentially, I mean, I think I can give away the end. Well, I'm not going to give away the ending, but uh, yeah, very, very cool. If you want to learn about, like, making an impact in your community and being an activist, and for sure check out this book. It's pretty short, very well written. Um, I mean, just an incredible, great message. And also, it's about libraries. I mean, come on. And supporting da, 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 da. libraries. We love that. We love and it. Just by watching programs like this, you're supporting your library. For sure. So you're doing a little bit of activism right right now. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I love that. That's really cool. And I think that we, again, like when you talk about underestimating kids, yes. we underestimate like how much kids want to get involved and the impact they can make. So if you are a young activist and you want to make a difference, there are books out there that will help you gain your confidence and and there is a place for kids in activism for sure i wish i would have had this book like when i was a kid to be like oh wow like i I can make a difference yeah you know because you can absolutely 100 percent. love that well thank you so much for joining us all of our podcast listeners and our program watchers we appreciate your support and we love to do programs like this so if there's a topic that you would like us to discuss on the podcast or if you'd like to see a book talk like this Feel free to message us on Facebook or send us a contact on our Ask the Librarian page. We love doing stuff like yeah, this. Yeah, so fun. So, yeah, it is a lot of fun. This is basically what we, like, like in passing, we're just like, remember this book? What about this book? Like, Have we do it for fun. So, hey. Yeah, <laughs> yep. that's what it's like in the back room of the library, uh, yeah. if you ever wondered. So, well, thank you so much for joining us. I hope you're staying safe, staying healthy, and we hope to see you really soon. Bye! Bye! Thank you for listening to Shelf Logic. Make sure to hit subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Follow us on social media where we are at MCLDAZ.